Blog Talk Radio.
again, pray with us. And I know people say, God, pray with me, pray with me. And it's such, a, it's such a religious term, isn't it? But no, I really mean just be accountable with a little prayer. Lord, help us. You know, and they really mean the prayer of faith believing. And we think that that, that has energy. And uh, the Father will lead and guide us because, folks, there is something really going on with uh, our women, uh, especially those in power. And uh, we don't want to be... Uh, um, hold on one second. Let me uh, let me just take a little short little break here, folks. Let me take a little bit. Have a little trouble on the phone line.
how many feel these behaviors are very harmful, not just for blacks, but for anyone seeking to learn or help our struggle. And of course, we use that term black loosely because no such thing as a people based on the color, but y'all know what I'm talking about. So anyway, that's what's coming your way tonight. We're talking about our women, uh, uh, especially those in power mainly, uh, that have... Uh, put out messages, uh, behaviors that are just straight up uh, disrespectful or constantly, in, in, as uh, 50 Cent, uh, I think in his words, you know, why is Oprah constantly uh, pursuing black men and white men are doing some of the same things, sexual issues, uh, sexual crimes, and there's no coverage on the Oprah Winfrey show. There's no coverage. There's no, you know, documentaries that she's putting out uh, about them. And it's just a lot of things, folks. I'm not going to do no justice in this little intro here. But just know this, that it's not a small thing, especially when Bill Cosby writes from jail, how he's disappointing Gail King. It, it, I mean, it, it's a lot of men. And, of course, those in the limelight we know about because they are celebrities. But a lot of people, uh, I'm reminded of one brother on the show all the time, Brother Ellis Shield, he has serious issues with uh, Oprah and uh, the, the things she has done over the years. We've talked about it many, many times. And so tonight, tonight, what do we have? We have a panel of brothers that are, we, we were very diverse in opinion. We're very diverse in, uh, in uh, just how we see things, and we'll be diverse tonight. But just know this, there's a lot of, too many, when there's too many, this is what would prompt me. One of the reasons I do shows because I want to be doing something relevant to our people. But I hear it all the time from black men how Oprah is just anti-black males, you know. And um, somebody could argue, well, some black men got a lot of issues. But uh, Oprah Winfrey is no stranger to revealing all kinds of things about uh, white males and white women positively. I mean, she is... uh, so we'll talk about it. I want to get too deep into it, but before I get too deep into it, let me just say this to everyone that has um, listen, been listening to the show for a while. To follow the show, I haven't, uh, don't say it all every week, but follow the show, really and truly follow the show. Um, that link that I sent you uh, that takes you to the, uh, the uh, Blog Talks page, on that page, when you click on the show, on that show link, and it goes to the slideshow, right there in front of you is a follow button. Click follow and just simply sign in on Twitter or Facebook, and you get reminders sent to you of our shows, and we won't have to send you all these emails and text messages, et cetera, et cetera. So, again, follow the show, folks. Uh, also, I want to say um, is if you want to get any of our old shows, a lot of people, I say this every week, but I don't know what it is. People be saying, well, yeah, this show went, up, this show went off our show. Hey, I missed it. And I say, it's recorded. And they're like, oh, it's recorded? <laughs> so I don't know why some of y'all don't hear me when I say this, but all of the shows we've ever done is recorded. All you have to do is go to Google or any browser or any search engine and just simply type in Five Song, Blog Talk Radio, and the topic of your choice. You can just say something like racism or, or you can say something like, um, I don't know, fusion centers, because we talked about that, uh, good show on that, uh, Africa, then a lot of shows on Coney, uh, the Coney, uh, the, the gentleman that, that was uh, taking uh, young kids, and I mean, just we talked about almost everything on this show, I'm serious, so just type in Africa, or type in Israel, or type in um, just leprosy, Bible leprosy, anything, and you'll get shows, not one or two, but 
If we've done 20 shows, you'll get 20 shows on whatever you type in if we've done that. So just know that you can enjoy these shows um, at your leisure because uh, they are recorded. And what I like to do is just get some of y'all some ideas. When I work, I just put the little earphone in my ear, and I can listen to any blog bloggers. Um, that's how I learn a lot of uh, information, uh, not just the Bible online, but I listen to blogs sometimes on, on my job just while I'm working, you know. And uh, it's very neat to be able to listen to these shows in your cars uh, while you're shopping, uh, while you're out, you know, doing whatever you, you do in your life. Listen to these shows because we're very serious about waking up our people, putting hope out there for our people, and not just be a show where we sit around talking about the problem like tonight. Tonight is not designed to just sit and talk about the problem. As a matter of fact, let me just go over this really quick before I break on this moderator. Because tonight, I got a feeling it's going to get pretty heated because when you start talking about the sisters, um, it don't always go over well. And so I want to set the stage um, uh, the 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 president right uh, president right now. Uh, if I can talk, I'm trying to get here. We go. Get this five foot strong um, theme music in the background because I want everybody to know exactly what's happening tonight. Again, just want to set the president and let everybody know that tonight's show is not about bashing black women. We love 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 our women. And we'll always love, love, love our women. And we think they're being used, some of them, by this system. We think some of them are being targeted, especially if they have power like the Oprah's of the world, the Gayle Kings. They're being targeted and, and given false information. Sometimes they've been threatened. Sometimes they've been threatened uh, physically, uh, threatened uh, career-wise uh, pop, uh, or, or ratings-wise. And uh, oftentimes what you hear is not what's in their heart. And when you do hear some of our sisters out there doing some of the craziest things we're hearing, it's because sometimes there's a root of bitterness, oftentimes abused by the relatives, and they just never forgave those relatives. Never forgave what somebody did to them in business. And so, because so, people are very, very intelligent, all of us. And when we act out and do these things that are harmful to us, uh, be it self-hate by black people or or just any type of behavior we have as a people to, against our, our own people, there's a reason. There's a reason. There is a reason. Now, um, and I, I know how there's spiritual warfare. A lot of times, you know, people are under the influence. I understand that. But evil spirits don't always get and I don't know. I know I'm talking over a lot of people here, but that's okay. You'll be all right because, trust me, we're going we're gonna to come all kind of ways at you tonight. But there are some people that are evil spirits. They're just totally under the influence of evil spirits, and they are being used. Their bodies are being used to destroy, to destroy, to steal, to kill, to destroy fragments of humanity, peace, of, peace out of humanity, joy out of humanity. That's what the enemy does. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he uses all types of us. It doesn't matter what our background is. So, yes, I do think there's some of us under the influence of straight-up evil spirits. But then there's others of us that have something in our head, bitterness, unforgiveness, and it's something we're holding that's causing us to act out and to say things bad about black men, to not trust black men, to always be on, and, uh, to, to look at any other man better than our own man. And uh, in most cases, it's going to be white males because sometimes this is nothing more than white supremacy taught to us over the years as children. You know, we've always, we're, we're, we have a Ph.D. every single person in America 
born in America, raised up in the financial, uh, raised, excuse me, in the uh, institutions, the education institutions in America, we have PhDs on hating black and loving white because that's who taught us. And so a lot of this is just straight up white supremacy that's been embedded inside of us. Some of y'all would do the same thing if you had money and fame and power. You'd be there doing crazy stuff too. You'd be another he- another need a heel. Yes, you would. You'd be another Condoleezza Rice. Yes, you would. But you don't sit there and act like you don't know what I'm talking about. So um, some of y'all doing worse than any Oprah or Gail uh, King have ever done. And let's make uh, let's let's uh, also get clear what creators do. Oprah Winfrey, somebody hit me, a family member hit me earlier and said it's just it's a tragedy y'all did the show because Oprah has done so much for black men. She gave all she put so many through college. So do not be tricked by people doing good stuff. Most wicked, I shouldn't say wicked. I don't know if I want to go there. Uh, somebody I'm sure will tonight, but I'm not gonna say Oprah is wicked. I'm just gonna say this: her some of her deeds are definitely wicked. But her as a person, as, as a person, and I'm playing it again because again, this is the five two song, and I want everybody to know what's happening tonight. But some of Oprah's behavior is definitely wicked. But I'm not gonna judge her heart. Only I'll leave that to the Father. So I'm gonna just say this. Huh. Do not be tricked by gifts to the black community. Bill Gates gift to the black community. And everybody knows, well, everybody should know this, what this man is about. He's been linked to population control and all types of things that is not good for humanity. But yet he's a giver. And you got billions and billions of dollars. It's nothing for you to throw two or three million at black folks and put a blue college or whatever. We can't let gifts blind us as to what other things is being done to us as a people. So having said that, um, I'll say finally, uh, black men to black men on this show tonight, uh, try to be understanding and, and not uh, uh, in any way disrespect uh, Oprah or Gail or any black woman by calling them names, uh, especially this show, it won't happen, uh, you'll be muted or something like that. Um, they are deceived. They are, uh, if they've given up on black men secretly, it's a reason why a lot of sisters have given up on us. They are with us. How about this? Some women are with us, but really have given up on us. they just with us for convenience, and I believe that. I don't think every marriage, and it's vice versa with any people, but I think it's especially so when you're raised in this system where, again, you're taught 50 million ways to hate, disrespect, or ignore black people, and 50 million ways to love, respect, give a pass to white males and white women. That's the system of America, folks. It's a, but it's a tool of the enemy using whites and so-called whites, well, so-called whites and so-called blacks. We've all been used by these very powerful Entities, just like the scripture says, we're not against flesh and blood. So tonight we just gonna we want to try to put a spotlight on certain people to understand the bigger uh, scope of what's happening with our women at large. Okay, it's a system we're talking about. It's a system. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. It's a system. There's lies, deception, and ignorance, and then there's people that's holding on forgiveness. Um, and so forth, and uh, they're acting out. And like I said, if a lot of us had money, we'd be doing the exact same thing. All you, all you have to do is look around you. <laughs> look close. 
You'll see the behavior in a lot of us right now. But really, look at the phone lines are back on our moderator. And again, uh, thank you for tuning into the Five Stone. My goodness, I can't say it enough. I really appreciate you. Uh, tonight, we're going to have Brother uh, Ella Shore uh, in the house. Brother Dan Wallace is going to be in the house. Uh, Ella Shore is of Israel now. He does a, did a lot, but LSU does a lot, and I hope that tonight maybe he'll talk about some of the things he do, but he's done a lot. Uh, uh, pretty much a theologian in his own right. Uh, Brother Dan Wallace has been uh, writing tracks for many years, and uh, the brother has tracks all over the world, really. And then you have Alcy Chris, pastor of uh, Alathia Temple, just do so much. And I don't know, no pastor vision, and then uh, pastor Alcy Chris in the Fort Worth, Dallas area in terms of helping our people. I know there are some, but I just don't know of them personally. And uh, so, uh, again, uh, packed house with our um, usual panel, and uh, we'll go to uh, the one and only brother, John Clark, at this time. I hope Brother John understands how much we appreciate him dividing the calls and uh, dividing the time among us equally, trying to get people in and on at the same time. hope he knows that. Um, but let's go to him at area code 972805. Brother John Clark, moderator, you there. What's good, Brother Seth? Five Smooth Stones, another episode. This should be a riveting uh, session here um, I, Right off the bat though I just want to make it clear that Just because Oprah and Gail are women It's not really a narrative On black women These are a particular Type of uh, of Woman Whom are following a particular agenda As a matter of fact We could have easily pushed them into the show the, the I want to say three weeks ago Four weeks ago when we were talking about the attack against uh, biblical standards, we could have easily placed them in there. So in my estimation, this is not really a show about, quote-unquote, just black women. It's about a, an agenda and a narrative that's being placed, uh, that, that we're dealing with, and it's such that certain black women, affluent black women, have joined in because their handlers are pushing that agenda. We really could have put that in the same show four weeks ago, but it just happens to come up on the uh, uh, after the Kobe Bryant um, uh, shows that we did over the last two weeks. And so that's the reason why we're doing this now, because this has been the, the, the story of the day, which is various people who take these shots at black men, in my opinion, to undermine uh, who we are as black men. So, women, don't look at it as we're speaking about you, because if that's not what you do, then this really has nothing to do with you. And, and this is not the same as you making a disparaging remark about a, a, pers- a black man personally in your life. This is not the same thing. This is someone who is openly going after men who have accomplished much, let's say, and now they're trying to emasculate them or to disparage their name. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, I want to quickly remind you uh, uh, about, thank you, Brother Seth. Last week, we had a very exciting show. We started out just having a discussion about um, Kobe Bryant, and it wasn't so much about uh, trying to 
placed Kobe Bryant in, in and amongst the Illuminati, and that's why he was killed. It was just simply stating that he was rubbing shoulders with persons and doing the same type of symbol throwing, so to speak, that people do in these high, uh, high-level secret society groups, if you will. And when you're dealing with that, there's a certain degree of deception that you can count on. So to what degree that deception was known or not known by Kobe, we don't know. And we may never know. But I, we try to try, really try to show a link between uh, what Kobe was doing and what other persons have done who've gone on before him, what people are doing now uh, when it comes to throwing up these signs and symbols. Symbols. Um, prior to the show getting over, we had <laughs> we we had a, uh, a firestorm of comments coming up that was initially spawned by Dan. It, it, I forget what the comment was, but we were really going back and forth talking about. Um, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Dan was explaining about uh, saying the names of various uh, high-profile uh, televangelists. I'll say, for lack of a better adjective. So things got really excited, excitable toward the end of the show last week. Let's go ahead and take that, carry that same excitement over to the beginning of this show. Uh, we hope you yes. all enjoy it. Brother Seth? Yes, 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 and appreciate that, uh, uh, Brother Moderator, just saying some things that I just couldn't think of to say. That's very good, very good. That's what we do. Okay, and we already got a hand up. This may be, oh, sure. Um, um, hold on, it's a different phone number I'm used to. Um, let's go ahead and go to Brother Dan first. Air code eight one seven four eight four. Why are you talking about the Dan? Brother Dan, introduce yourself and mention your track ministry. Why y'all doing it? I'll check on this cover call. It may not be. It may be an actual question. So, Air code eight one seven four eight four. Brother Dan Wallace, um, founder of Gospel Tracks. While you're on the line uh, with the moderator, and I'm gonna go check on this other caller, please. Yes, um, it's good to be here this evening. I'm the I'm the founder. Of gospel tracks, while there are gospel tracks for witnessing and evangelizing, um, so we we this program presents um, problems of the world, and uh, we know that the gospel is the most effective way um, through Christ. Um, Jesus is the answer, and um, these tracks provide solutions and answers to not only problems that we talk about on this show, but problems that pe- people face in life. So if you're interested, you can go to gospeltrackswild.com, and that's G-O-S-P-E-L-T-R-A-C-T-S-W-O-W.com. That's G-O-S-P-E-L-T-R-A-C-T-S-W-O-W.com. Over to you, John. Very well. Thank you, Brother Dan. Got to hang out Thank with Brother you, Dan and Brother Thank L earlier today. It was a nice time that we well, had to kind of fellowship him one with another. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Brother John. Brother L is online. I can bring him on. Y'all can talk about that outing y'all had. Hold on one Brother second. L ain't nobody. Wait, I'm, I was talking, man. What do you mean, Brother <laughs> Who is he? Who's he? Let me stop. That's my dog, y'all. I'm just messing around. Eric, eight one seven five seventeen. You're on the air. Brother L is sure you're on the air with Brother Dan and Brother uh, the moderator. Yo, John Clark, don't make us come see you. Right. Don't make us come see you, dude. <laughs> you heard? 
What up, people? What's, What's up, Block Talk? Five Smooth Stones, Brother Seth, John Clark, Dan yeah, Wallace. Shalom, yeah. brother. Um, is is Pastor going to be with us tonight? Pastor Chris? Uh, I'm trying to reach out to Pastor Chris when we speak. Y'all can just go ahead and proceed. And I'm going to reach out to him. I don't know. He may be on a little late, but y'all go ahead. Um, okay. The show. Okay. Okay. Well, I would say this. Um, I agree with everything that has been said thus far. I would add this to it that we would be remiss to be discussing this issue within the context of uh, Gail King and Oprah Winfrey if we do not dis- dismiss, in large part, the agenda that they are trying to push. Because the agenda that they're trying to push is a phenomenon that's over 100 years old, but it's in what we consider its third phase, and that is feminism. And what they are pushing is liberal feminism. And it is no small thing. It is a thing that has impacted our culture in no small way within the last 12 months. We know we have the Me Too movement um, and all these things, and and we have the situations that – Brother Seth discussed in regards to all of these uh, court proceedings and these accusations and allegations. We have people who are, their legacies are being destroyed over nothing more than an allegation without any unfounding proof. We have people who are literally being being criminalized over allegations that literally were not proven in a court of law. So this is something that we have to talk about within the perspective of feminism because that is the larger picture here. And, and, And just as you said, John, this is it. we're talking about something that if we look at it within its context, it is anti-biblical. It is anti-family. It is anti-community, and that's why I come. It is an issue that is of supreme importance to the that we need to address and we need to contend with. Okay, okay. okay. please. Not me. <laughs> okay. Okay, so um, anyway, but that's that's me. So uh, that's that's all I wanted to say is that you know I just hope that um, we do not miss the, the the big picture here and deal with the um, issue that is not only affecting black men, but is affecting our society and affecting our culture and 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 in great part and not a very positive way right now, and it's causing confusion amongst the 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 norms of, of sexual identity, sexual orientation. So. Uh, Feminism is a monster in Western culture right now, and it has to be addressed. If not, we're going to have a clash between the sexes. All right, kick back over to you, Brother Moderator. All right. Appreciate That's that. Brother Moderator, um, Pastor Elsie Chris is in the house, just so I want to let you know that. Okay, so if, yeah, let's bring if, Pastor Chris on. Okay, going all the way to Fort Worth, take a plane or a bus or something, and again, and Bring on another voice, and that is Pastor Elsie Chris of Alatia Temple. Uh, Pastor Chris, are you there? Okay, he dropped. I, I brought him on, and he was getting ready to say something. He dropped. So he, hopefully, he'll call back. Hopefully, that brother has the same phone issues he had. But when he comes back, I'm just going to add him in. I'm, I was going to introduce him another new, uh, again. He's Pastor Chris of Alatia Temple. When he comes on, he'll just start commenting for time's sake. But go ahead, brother moderator, in your ball is in your court. All right. Well, I mean, um, I think that at this point we should just go ahead and get with it. We are, let's see here, 8.30 Central Standard Time. we got an hour and a half to kind of chop this up. Um, I definitely would like to, because I'm normally one who kind of looks at this, that, and the other on Facebook. I know Brother L has been hard, hard at work 
uh, exposing the, uh, as he called it, the uh, the feminism or liberal fem- feminism movement. And um, I would definitely like to let him go ahead and just kind of um, have a, a cameo on that discussion because he's really put a lot of time into looking into it, and we've discussed it to some degree. But I think that uh, he can kind of uh, dust away uh, some of the misunderstandings and kind of key in into exactly what has taken place. And the reason why it's important that we understand that and we see who those key players are, because, folks, the key players are not women. And you're probably like, well, what do you mean? If you had right there Oprah and Gail right there at the outset, no, those are pawns. The key players are not women. The key players are the same people who are attacking society in general. Why? Because they need the society to be broke down because as they utilize the, the, the phoenix, how it rises from the ashes, you all should probably look that up. That is a, very, that is a huge esoteric um, symbol, the phoenix. You break the society down to its least common denominator, so to speak, and then it rises up. And that rising up is what's going to be the quote-unquote new world order. And for that to take place, there must be a breaking down of society in various areas. And this particular area that we're referring to is the attack against the man of color, if you will, but it's men in general because, as you well know, the Me Too movement had nothing to do specifically with men of color, even though they paid a higher price oftentimes, but that Me Too movement was just men in general. So let's, uh, Brother L, if you could go ahead and just give us um, the nuts and bolts, the, uh, the Me Too movement or the uh, liberal feminism for dummies, and uh, just educate us. Yes, yes. Brother L? I'm sorry, John. I'm sorry, John. I was muted. I try to stay muted so I don't have feedback going through the line when I'm not speaking. But yes, uh, I will begin by saying, to put this into perspective in which we can relate to as, as far as current events, as uh, we well, as you well, as you well know, uh, we have been talking on this show for the last two weeks. The issue surrounding the death of basketball great superstar Kobe Bryant and the events and circumstances surrounding his death. Well, uh, last week, uh, Gail King uh, had an interview in which she was interviewing basketball great Lisa Leslie. Uh, within this interview, the whole interview was supposed to focus upon the legacy of Kobe Bryant because Lisa Leslie was a great friend and a close friend of uh, Kobe Bryant since he first began in the NBA. Um, and she asked her a question in regard to the sexual allegation that was brought up uh, against Kobe Bryant about 17 to 20 years ago and where he had literally what was proved to be consensual sex with a woman and then thereafter uh, a rape charge was filed and then it was investigated. Uh, charges were initially uh, <clears throat> filed, but then they were immediately withdrawn because there was not enough evidence to pursue. And not only that, the lady wouldn't wouldn't uh, cooperate with the criminal case. But then shortly thereafter, I think about six months, uh, she filed a civil suit against Kobe Bryant. Now, mind you, she would not participate in the criminal case, 
where justice would have been served if there was a crime that was committed, but yet she initiated a civil suit against Kobe Bryant, and just like in the case with Michael Jackson, in order to uh, diminish and minimize the bad press that would come as a result of it, uh, he they settled in a out-of-court um, settlement agreement, financial agreement. So uh, in asking this question, when Gail asked Lisa this question, it was one thing, I guess, to ask the question. You would actually would needed to see the interview, and I'm sure that many of the people who are listening, they have already seen the interview by now. And and she kept pushing, and uh, Lisa's response was is that this is something that she shouldn't be discussed, especially at this time, considering Kobe Bryant's uh, wife, his children, uh, his family. They're still mourning. Kobe Bryant had yet to be buried, even at the time there was not even any uh, ceremony had been held. So uh, it, it was insensitive. It was uh, inop- It was um, inappropriate. But for the most part, you know, Gail did what she did with R. Kelly. The only thing that different as far as the outcome was is that Lisa Leslie did not fold when she was in, being, basically being interrogated by Gail King. So as a result, it was a big fallout because Kobe fans and, and uh, uh, you know, they expressed their disapproval. And one fan in particular, Snoop Dogg, uh, made a uh, video, a uh, YouTube video, where basically – you know, he uh, he rebuked Gail King, and he rebuked her the way uh, thugs from the LBC, straight out G, would rebuke somebody. So they're not going to use our vernacular, <laughs> you know. So in the name of Jesus, I'll rebuke you. No, that's not going to come from Snoop. So he rebuked her and, and being authentic to himself, and it went viral. Now, what's the context with that is that <clears throat> uh, – now, before we get to the as the modern day, let's look at the history real quick. So, like John said, so we can have a context. So, I looked at something I thought that people could understand. So, they, you know, it says this. It says the cry about women's movement has never been as vibrant as it is today. And indeed, as Stanford professor, award-winning author Estelle Friedman argues in her compelling new book, feminism has reached a critical momentum from which there is no turning back, a truly global movement as vital and dynamic in the developing world as it is in the West. Feminism has helped women achieve authority in politics, sports, and business, and has mobilized public concern for once-taboo issues like race, rape, domestic violence, and breast cancer. And yet much work remains before women attain real equality. And, and so uh, and it says looking at for feminism for new approaches to issues of work, family, sexuality, and creativity. Um, and so what we're finding here is that roles, roles of sexual orientation, all of these are being changed by feminism. And one of the things that many overlook, but if you actually have your glasses on and you're looking at it, feminism is actually the source from which the homosexual movement came out of. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the tenets of feminism is that uh, what they would consider is toxic masculinity is men that they consider to be homophobic. Uh, the term toxic masculinity um, uh, originated in what they call the myopathic men's movement of the 80s, and it says what? And what is what is that? It says it's used the term to refer to traditional and stereotypical norms of masculinity and manhood. According to the sociologist Michael Flood, these include expectation that boys and men must be active, aggressive, tough, daring, dominant. So, within that context, um, what John stated in regard to the phoenix rising from the ashes, within that context. It is very, very accurate because what feminism seeks to do 
And what the new world will seek to do is to cause divisions. And if you cause enough divisions, if you cause enough strife and contentions within a culture, eventually, inevitably, the culture will implode upon itself, which is what's taking place in the United States of America. And so when we have these incidents, what's taking place with Gail and Oprah, whom Gail and Oprah, if we look at their track record, what they're emphasizing on these documentaries and what they're objected to do, because remember, this is like an octopus. Their objective to do is to, how can I put it, demean, even effeminize the image of the black male, not just for U.S. citizens, but for the world at large. Because as America, so goes the world. So that's what their objective is, and that's why the gatekeep, that's why come the powers that be have employed them as gatekeepers. But that doesn't stop with them because it's not just a female thing in terms of what we're saying as gatekeepers and people who are sent to cause divisions and to keep us in check. We could put Jay-Z in that mix as well because of the incident that which things were revealed to him from his motivations as a result of the situation with the NFL. And we know that that wasn't the first time because we know what happened in Baltimore where basically Jay-Z was used in order to get a legislation passed where they could go in and get property of these uh, um, working class black homeowners. So it's a lot of things going on, but the main thing in regard to we're looking at Gail and we're looking at uh, Oprah, it's no small thing because let's look at Oprah's career. If you watch Oprah's career, after about five years when she hit the show, Oprah began to promote ideals and thoughts and philosophies that were anti-family. One of the major of the of, of feminism within American culture is Oprah Winfrey. She had a daytime talk show where for 30 years, that is all she basically, for the most part, promoted. So, in that regard, we look at this within the context of the situation and the thing that John said, is this anti-biblical? Uh, are we saying that this is about all black women? No. But if we look at it within the context of feminism, it is a large part of black women, because it is a large part of women in general. And when we look at it within that context, we have to address that. And we cannot be to the point where we're trying to be politically correct, and we're unwilling and afraid to say things that need to be addressed because we think that somehow we're going to get back, for, uh, you know, feedback or blowback. Well, I don't know about anybody else on the line. I'm going to say this. I'm going to turn it back over to John. But here's the thing. I am not on this line tonight, and I try not to be any time I'm on the line. But, uh, you know, we're human beings, and from the time in, we go back and forth from flesh to spirit. But I'm not on this line trying to represent myself. And I'm not in the line trying to represent any American ideal. I am on this line as a citizen and an ambassador of the kingdom of God. And the ideals and the beliefs that I espouse are rooted within the scripture. So anything and everything I say tonight is going to come from that perspective. And I already know it's going to clash with a whole lot of what's going to be said. Back over to you, Brother Moderator. I'll take it just like that. Good looking now, L. I appreciate that uh, insight right there because that's exactly what I kind of wanted to get to is just kind of lay the foundation. Once that foundation is laid, then everyone can kind of get an understanding of kind of the perspective that we're coming from. And, again, it's not to say that everyone on this line embraces uh, what Brother L has just stated. We'll get to everyone and let them speak their piece on the matter. 
but um, I, I know that I, I knew then and know now, and as you all can tell, that Brother L has been a, a bit involved in uh, his studies as it pertains to um, what's been taking place as far as uh, liberal feminism goes. Uh, we have got Pastor Chris back on the line. Uh, Brother Seth, if you can go ahead and, and open up uh, Pastor Chris's line so we can get him in and uh, he can get some words in edgewise. Pastor Chris, go right ahead. Hello? Hey, Pastor Chris, how's it going, hey. bro? I'm doing good. I'm sorry I got in a little late, and I wanted to say hello to you and Brother uh, Seth and Brother El Yeshua. I just wanted to say, Brother, you haven't said anything that I would disagree with. Brother Dan on the line as well. Oh, Brother Dan, I didn't know. I'm sorry, Brother Dan. How you doing tonight? It's all good. I'm fine. You're the second oldest. (laughs) I'm the second. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. I'm going to have to say it. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just trying trying to refresh your mind Respect your elders No, no, my brother, no You know, I had to to respect my elders, bro That's a a part of our culture I I know that's right Go ahead, brother Okay Go ahead, um, my brother I kind of missed some of the things earlier But I'm sorry But I I just have a certain perspective I just want to put out there You know, for us to think about Um the media has always tried to negate and put negative information out on black men. They, they want us to be public enemy number one. And I don't know, I, it was a couple of years ago, Michael Moore uh, put out a movie, uh, put out a documentary, and he talked about how he travels across the United States, that, you know, they have stories about black men, and, you know, they always have their picture. But in the media, you notice he said that a lot of times when white people commit crimes, their picture is not shown. They'll tell you the story, but no picture is shown. But he even mentioned that as he goes around the country and they have stories about black men committing crimes, he said they had the same picture all over the country. And so we have to remember that, that this media, this society has always tried to make us into something negative. It's just like I remember... Uh, when the color purple came out, and I remember I was watching Tony Brown's journal, and he and he didn't he didn't have anything positive to say about the movie, mainly because of the way black men were portrayed. And when I finally saw the movie, I was kind of insulted because it was no black man in that whole movie that was worth his salt. And and the thing that 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 made me mad even madder than watching the movie is when I had the discussion with some sisters, not all of them, and said, you know, that this was this was a lot of dirt because they didn't have any positive role role model or image in the movie. And they said, well, uh, some, that's true. I said, no, that's not true for every black man in the United States. They are good black men. And who was the executive producer in that movie, Pastor Chris? Uh, what's no, Pastor Chris, Spielberg? I was just saying, who executive produced that movie? Was it Spielberg or was it Oprah? Spielberg was the producer. The executive producer was Oprah Winfrey. Right. And that, thank you. And, and you know, so we got to remember people, all people in the media are given a certain agenda that they have to push. Because, I mean, if you watch Wendy Williams, uh, Gail, Oprah, you know, it's a lot of times they try to 
push Terry McMillan. Um, they try to push a negative image of black men. And as far as uh, feminism, you know, they I don't know what happened to it, but they used to have a, a movement called womanist or womanism, which was what, you know, for lack of a better definition, it was like black feminism because they said, you know, the feminist movement is not for us. That's for white women, but we had different issues. So I don't know what happened to that movement. But it was pretty popular back in, you know, around the time that uh, The Color Purple came out. And, and they, you know, they had their own agenda. And I think today that many of our sisters have bought into somebody else's agenda and not their own. And all of that, you know, like brothers have already stated, that is causing the downfall and the breakup and, and the destruction of male-female relationships, especially in our culture. So I'm going to be quiet. I've said enough. <laughs> oh, good input, uh, Pastor Chris. Always insightful. <laughs> we, need your, we need your input. You've never said enough. It, it's Over the years, I really have come to uh, recognize the amount of study that you put in over the years. And, uh, you know, I'm not personally – I appreciate hearing the things that you have to say. So, yeah, definitely uh, continue to bless us with uh, your insights, so to speak. Um, you know, I did not, until you said it, Pastor Chris, I did not re- even realize the, how they depicted black men on The Color Purple. In my mind, it was, it was an excellent movie as far as just uh, entertainment factor go and the acting went, but I never really even considered the fact that they did. The grandfather, he was <laughs> the it was everybody. All the black men. Matter of fact, I take that back. The only black man was the son that was in Africa. I remember when he came <laughs> when he came back and how he respected his mom. That was the only dude. Mm-hmm. He came from Africa. Yes, that was the yes. only dude. But everybody else, it was yes. a jacked up situation. Um, um, the the boyfriend. And uh, Danny Glover, you know, they they just depicted those guys just like horrifically. But, right. you know, again, right. um, I think it's important that everyone recognizes the fact that we're not really, we're not making this stuff up, folks. This is not our take. This is just absolutely is what it is. And And when we say that there is an agenda, it's not like we're just picking something out the clear blue and we're saying, hey, this is an agenda, uh, and, and that's what we're calling it. It is. There, there is a set of persons whose sole objective is to follow and push an agenda. As you well know, you can watch a, a movie, you can watch a TV show, a talk show, a radio show, or whatever the case may be. Normally, that the material that's going to be on that show, it comes from the persons who have a financial stake in that show. And they're the ones who let the producer know, this is what we want to see. This is what's going to have to happen. If you want to have continued funding, this is what has to take place. Folks, that should sound familiar because that's the same thing that takes place in science. You have scientists who have to follow a particular agenda if they're going to be recognized by their fellow scholars. If they're going to put out a paper or a work and it's not consistent with the person who backs them, 
welcome to no money next year for your projects. And so um, it's, it's pervasive. It's pervasive. But it is the Babylonian way. <laughs> Babylon will have her way in this given time, the time of man. That Babylonian system, it is pervasive in Western culture, and Western culture looks to take it to every other culture. That's the reason why. Matter of fact, if I may just say one other thing, which is hilarious to me, I can remember, uh, unbeknownst to a lot of people, when Obama was letting African countries know that if they're going to continue to receive funding, that they're going to have to start supporting the gay agenda. And one particular man was saying, so Obama want us to eat the poopoo. He want us to eat the poopoo. He's putting him on notice with his, his African accent. He's saying that he showed a video of a man uh, performing a sexual act in the rear of another man. And so this is a homosexual agenda. And so this guy is calling Obama out, saying, like, so for us to receive help, you want us to eat the poo That's what he's saying. That, folks, why is it necessary for the West to try and impose the imperialistic beliefs on these other countries? It's because they are imperialistic beliefs. This is an empire, folks. If wow, you haven't wow. figured that out yet, just go back and look. It, this is not just the nation of the United States or England or whatever. It has turned into an empire, and the empire doesn't recognize no one but its own citizens. And so anybody else, you're a second-class citizen in an empire. Just look back in your history books, folks. In Rome, if you were not a Roman citizen, you paid tribute. You paid tribute. Right. That's the reason why you have. I forget that that the one lady. Uh, she she it was it was the queen of mean. Her name was. I forget her name, but she was caught for tax evasion, and she actually said the words, "We're not supposed to pay taxes. Other people are supposed to pay taxes." Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's. Mm-hmm. She was letting the cat out the bag, folks. That's right. The people who are the upper crust of society, they don't pay taxes. They have people who write the tax law, and they take advantage of the tax law. That's the reason why Jeff Bezos didn't pay any taxes with Amazon. They, they'll say, hey, we trained all of these people. We get this big tax credit because we trained all these people. But you pay them these you know, peanuts in, in light of all that you earn. That's the Babylonian system, folks. That's the way that it works. We have gone full circle from the Tower of Babel with um, what was the uh, the king Nimrod. there? Nimrod. 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 Yeah. Folks, we, we've gone full circle. We are now coming back to the apex of the Babylonian system, and it will rule the world. This is not up for discussion. It's a prophetically stated already. So. Um, we look at various John, agendas as a result. Of, mm-hmm. yeah. And within that context, as you said, that is prophetically stated. Um, you know, you said you were looking at my page and talking about the issue of posts, and I put up a post and I said that uh, what's wrong with America is us. 
And that's why I come the, every agenda that they've approached, that, that we are always the one that causes conflict and condition with their agenda, because we're not supposed to be here. And there is a prophetic context with this. If you look at the book of Jer- Isaiah, <clears throat> Isaiah the third chapter, and you look at <clears throat> the state of the black American family, and as it has been over the last 30 years, and it is now with the with, with, with what we say this this zetex of of feminism, uh, as the chosen, what does the scripture says? And it says, "Now I will give children to be their princes, and babes shall rule over them." And the people should be oppressed, everyone by another and everyone by his neighbor. The child should behave himself against the ancient and the base against the honorable. We just looked at MLK's holidays, and we looked at it. If you were on Facebook, you could see the, just the disrespect and the just dishonor that a certain generation preaches towards him. But this is the scripture that's within the context of what we're speaking of tonight, Isaiah chapter 3, verse 12. It says, As for my people. Children are their oppressors. This is speaking of Israel now. This is not America. This is what's within the context of America, but I'm not speaking within an international tone, as John was just saying, but this within the situation of what we're dealing with here. It says, children are their oppressors, and women rule over them. O my people, they which lead thee, cause thee to err, and destroy the way of thy path. Now, if you look at that one scripture right there, like 13 words, it literally describes us as a community and as a culture of people. As for my people, children are their oppressors. Women rule over them. And they which lead thee, because they which rule over thee are they which lead thee, cause them to err and destroy the way of the past. So then we have to breach the question. We look at it within the context, as John just stated, that it is, is an, it is an aspect of an empire because simply said is that the reason why come we're not in the new world order is because the empire stands in the way. And that's why you have all these divisive elements and these divisive movements that are going on within the empire because the empire has to crumble in order for the zenith to arise from the clashes. So what happens? You create enough clashes. You create domestic turmoil. You create what is prone or what, what is common to us is called civil unrest, which eventuates in civil conflict, civil war. Well, when you live in a modern-day society by a military Gestapo government, the way you deal with that is you deal with that with, with fascist-type measurements. And this is what we're coming to. So we can just see these things as just cultural clashes, but what John has stated is that we're in a clash right now in the development and to see who is going to win. The New World Orders that we see represented on the left and through some of the domestic, the, 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 the democratic policies that go forth, policies like the legalization of homosexuality and things of that sort, uh, the, the imposition of feminism. And then we look at it on the right and what we have, we have white supremacy. So we have two competing forces. Where we have we have conflict, we have contrast, and the objective is the agenda is that it will eventuate into some type of clash, and that's when the phoenix shall rise from the ashes because that's when they'll come in, and they're gonna put the hammer down. Now these things may seem fantastic and crazy, but people, it's what John just stated. 
if you look at it from the fact that in, in America, when we think in terms of politics, we only think in terms of politics within the spectrum of America. We don't think in, ge- in, in terms of geopolitics, thinking outside of America, and how do I, our politics impact the world? So we're in the midst of a conflict. So what we're going to do, just, you know, eating every day, go home, go to work, come home every day. Because sooner or later, the pawns do become the victim of the agenda. True. True. So, folks, again, while we are focusing uh, on specifically some of the stuff that's uh, been said by these uh, these particular women, Gail, Oprah, uh, Terry McMillan, whomever the case may be, we uh, are kind of focusing at this point on the root of it, the root of it all. Uh, again, we had a show about uh, a month ago, and it pertained to the attack that is taking place on biblical standards and the family here in the United States. Um, and again, what happens, as as El said, it, what happens in the U.S., so goes the world. Uh, that's the, the U.S., if you have any experience with people who are not from here, they're from another country, they clamor to come here. They're clamoring to come here. It's, it's almost like the it, – it's almost as if that – all the glimmer, or all that glimmers and, and shines, that's all that they see. But what they do not see is the undercurrent uh, that takes place here in Western civilization. I almost can't have a regular conversation without making a distinction between Western civilization and what really is, because Western civilization is driving forcefully, forcefully toward the tearing down of society. We're pushing hard towards that here in this in this country, and anyone who's been alive for thirty, forty years can see that. Look at the programming. Look at the programming from twenty, thirty years ago, and look at it now. You look, uh, man, the gay agenda. <laughs> the, the, matter of fact, I even would go as far as to say the the title of this show was actually wrong. They're not secretly attacking anyone. They are openly <laughs> with intent attacking black men. Reckless abandon. It's, there's no secret to it. It's obvious. And that's the reason why the outcry is so great when you see some of these uh, other men who figure, like, we might as well handle this now because we'll be the next one on their agenda. Let, let's go ahead and clap back before we become the ones who's the sitting duck. And... Um, they are doing the bidding of other people. So, again, that's the topic of the show, folks. Um, we would like to hear what, what you all have to say as it pertains to that. Um, again, we didn't go specifically as it pertains to what Oprah has done and what Gail has said or whatever the case may be. We kind of hit a couple of sound bites, so to speak. But um, let's just go ahead and chop that up a little further. Uh, persons who are online or in the chat room, or you a caller, give us your thoughts about that. What do you think about that? Um, panelists, please speak on. Let's go ahead and look at it from any other aspect. You got any, what? anybody wants to make a comment? Yeah, let, let me make a um, comment. Uh, um, just, you know, just, 
I just thought about this after I, I finished the last time. You know, I kind of, you know, I'm a history buff. <laughs> and uh, are y'all familiar with Cab Calloway? The, the name the entertainer, so for me. Heidi Ho. Yes. He was uh-huh. in the Blues Brothers movie, the first Blues Brothers movie. Well, you know, he was he was a black entertainer from, I guess, the 30s and 40s. And he was very popular. But I remember one night on BET or some station, I was looking at a movie he made. Now, this was an old movie. And, mm-hmm. and you know, with, with being conscious, you know, it just struck me. But the movie was about Cab Calloway met this lady in a club. And she had a boyfriend already. And the way the movie went on, you know, they fell in love. And Cab Calloway, the movie ended by Cab Calloway shooting the, the other boyfriend, you know, the other guy she used to be with. And I was like, why in the world do they want to show something like that, a brother killing another brother over a woman? But it was all, you know, when you think about it, it's all a part of the agenda. You know, we have to we have to make, you know, make them think that it's okay for one brother to kill another brother. And we're going to put it in front right. of their face. So, you know, and, and not realizing the subconscious or the subliminal message in that, the subliminal message in the color purple. See, we get bombarded with a whole lot of negative subliminal messages. And and then we mm-hmm. wonder why young men, you know, don't think anything about killing another man. Because they've been, you know, they even in my generation, we've been seeded with a whole lot of negative uh, actions that we see in media, that we see in film, that kind of make us think if you don't have any kind of other kind of guidance to make us think that it's okay to do these type of actions because we see it so much. And we see all the negativity that's put toward us that if we are not careful, we will adopt that and think that's the norm. Right. Right. The, but it's the one thing the that... I, and it, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Go it, ahead. Well, well, what I wanted to just spin off of that and, and make a point, folks. Um, a lot of people cannot remember the one, the first rap album that went nationwide, which was the Sugar Hill Gang, Rapper's Delight. If you go back and you listen to those lyrics, there, there's going to be a certain degree of narcissism, which is kind of apropos for any uh, lyricist. It's kind of what we do, especially on that freshman album. They're going to talk about who they are, what they can do, da 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 da. But if you look at it as a whole, this is really innocuous. It wasn't like this was um, some type of a, a language that you really would want to cover up the kids' ears for. I mean, I was in the sixth grade when the song came out, and every sixth grader knew it. Everybody, and and I watched from from the time I was in the sixth grade. Um, I kind of always gravitated toward hip hop and I became a break dancer, a DJ, a lyricist. I held down more hip hop positions than most. And I can still remember when it began to change folks. It was no longer life reflecting art, but it began to change into the art of hip-hop began to reflect life. And what happens is that now you had lyricists who wanted to give you the blow-by-blow. I mean, matter of fact, one of the first blow-by-blow 
street detailed uh, songs was the message. And even if you looked at that, it was nothing more than the struggles of a man of color in urban life. It didn't get into a whole lot of, of, of I would say, it, I, I would say it did not get into a whole lot of, of person-to-person conflict or group-to-group conflict, but, and it wasn't quote-unquote gangster rap, but it was about as gutter as gutter can be, if y'all remember that. Then things began to change, and if you look at the lyrics, things began to be such that the lyricist began to spit a type of style that did not allow a person to exercise any degree of conflict resolution skills. So if you grew up as a child under these lyrics and you had beef with somebody, you had one option because if your parents didn't take the time to sit down and say, listen, John, in life you're going to have issues. You're going to have conflicts. You're going to have fights. Most conflicts can be resolved if there is at least one person who exercises humility. If that person has to be you, then you let that be you. It doesn't have to be every time. Sometimes you're going to have to stand up and fight, but some days you're going to have to exercise humility so that you can live to fight another day. If your parents didn't take the time to explain that to you, then guess who was explaining it to you? The music and the environment that you were growing up in. That's the reason why all of a sudden the black murder rate began to soar. Why? Because we have a bunch of children who never were taught conflict resolution in the least bit. And then you have situations where guns are being dropped off, high-powered weapons, a cache of weapons found in some given alley. And so these, these people couldn't afford these type of guns at first. Before the drug scene blew up with the crack cocaine epidemic, you have guns being dropped off. Where are these guns coming from? Where are they coming from? How are these people getting it? Think about that. You have no conflict resolution skills and, at the same time, guns, which no no longer 22s. No, 22s are no more. You now have Uzis. You have AKs. You have these automatic weapons. You have these shot shotties, which the shotty was kind of a staple back in the day, but I'm just saying, all of a sudden you have all these guns at the, at the hands of these children who have no conflict resolution skills, who where the, what used to be urban centers where people could leave high school and go work for a factory and make a good living, have health insurance to uh, cover their family and have a pension, all of a sudden – these industries are taken out of the black neighborhoods, moved overseas, and now there's no work there. And for some people whose morals and their integrity was shaky already, it was no other choice but to get into the drug game. So, folks, again, what I'm telling you, these, this is not fictitious ramblings. This is facts. Look at where we were back in the 60s. We had industry in Detroit in Cleveland, in Pittsburgh, in Baltimore, 
You have industry, you have places where people could go and work coming straight out of high school. You don't have that now, folks. You don't high school they they would teach you trades. They don't teach you trades anymore. Not to the same degree at least. And so now you have no option. You get out of high school, well, what can you do? Nothing. <laughs> you can't do anything. Because they didn't teach you how to weld. They didn't teach you how to build a house. When I was in high school, they they had automotive classes. They had welding classes. You can go learn how to build a house, things like that. Now, I don't know if they still have that, but I know it's not to the same degree. So when you get out of high school, what can you do? <laughs> you have to go to the 13th grade, which is college. Because that's hey, what hey, I went John, to. Can... I don't... Mm-hmm. Can I, can I interject something about what sure. you were saying about Absolutely. the media? You, you know, sure. um, when I was a teenager, um, you you know, I was a teenager in the 70s. And, you sure. know, we had black-owned record companies. We had Motown. Mm-hmm. We had Philadelphia mm-hmm. International. They had Stax Records. And the music during that period was very socially conscious. And it kind mm-hmm. of pushed the revolution as far as after post-Dr. King about, you know, demanding civil rights and affirmative action and all that. And then what happened slowly but surely, you know, like today, we don't have any black-owned black record companies. We don't control what's put on wax or what's put on the CD anymore. Mm-hmm. And it changed, you know, because I remember... Like, after all the stuff, guess who they really pushed to the forefront as an entertainer? Who's that? Prince. Uh, circa, what was that, 80, 1980? Yeah, in the 80s. Yeah, you know, they pushed yep. it. And you know, you, know, you know, there was always questions about Prince's sexuality. That's right. You know, I was right. I was looking at I was looking at Purple Rain. You know, it came on TV. I looked at it for a little while last night, and you and you know, he started his career in a uh, you know in a I don't know what's the proper term um, a gay club. I guess is the best term I can think of oh, right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, they even you know, in other words, they started pushing that agenda then. Mhm. Mhm. And those high heel boots didn't help things much, uh, by the way. No. <laughs> no. 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 I mean, I mean, you know, he was, he was, he was very. I can't take away from him. He was a very talented young man. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. No Couldn't doubt take he was. That he, way, he was talented. Nice. No doubt. But you know, look at you know, look at how he carried himself. You know, the way he right. dressed. You know. That's right. The way he spoke. You know. And, and so, you yep. know, I agree with you that, that even me, you know, I can remember when rap lyrics changed because it used to be innocuous, you know. And mm-hmm. then it, it then it mm-hmm. got into the drug culture, it got into the street and, you know, negativity about women, you know, um, all that. It just became gangsterized, negativized, you know. Well, you know and, that, you, know, you know, in the past, uh, you know, I can remember. Go ahead. You know, I'm saying, uh, Pastor Chris, is that, you know the music industry, um, like rap, as you you know uh-huh. you talking about the difference. Well, when you have like the music that came out of Motown, well, it's real simple. Conscious people are going to make conscious music. 
an unconscious right. generation or an unconscious population is going to make unconscious music. And what took right. place is a lot many things that John is talking about, because when we get back to the core, the, the topic of this issue of feminism and how it's affecting our culture and our families, is that everything that John described was the defranchising of the black male, because predominantly many of those jobs that were in the Midwest, they were held by black men. Many black right. men migrated from the South to the Midwest in order to get those jobs. And they were the, right. the economic, financial proponent and source power of the, revolu- of the revolutionary movements of the 60s and the 70s. So what happened right. is when the man became disenfranchised and you didn't have the economy coming into the home so that the home was, was being supported, then what happened? The, the movement began to diminish. And the black family began to diminish. And then you came in with the Roosevelt, with the welfare state, where all of a sudden, yeah, mm. black families were getting assistance as long as the black male was not in the home. So what it's taking exactly. place is that we know what, yeah, so we're in a patriarchal society where a man, his credibility and his character is based upon his ability to provide. So if you take away his right. ability to provide, then what happens is he becomes diminished in his manhood. He becomes diminished in the society, and the perception of society is a man. So they were hidden at right. him always, and then what takes place, we have these creative art forms like rap music where we have geniuses who are lyrical geniuses. Many of them are prophets and don't know it, and they come forth, and all of a sudden what happens? The people who are controlling the agenda see something that is vital that they can utilize to further promote their agenda. So like John said, and you just alluded, clearly stated, is that all of a sudden the marriage changed. Because now we want to get right. the children of these welfare mothers. We want them to become the rap stars. Because we know we're not talking about things like resolution conflict. They're not talking about things of hard work. They're not talking about things of pride. Hey, they wear their pants with they wear they wear their pants hanging off their behind. What greater candidate to promote the type of idealism that we want to go forth in the black community? Because we want to make sure it's right. self-destructive. And what happens? We become willing participants in our own demise. Correct. Absolutely, brother. When we look at yeah, when we look absolutely. at it, women say, "Well, you know what, black men." Y'all not in the home. Well, that's the reason why a lot of black men were not in the home when we make the transition from the 80s and the 90s. And a great deal of it had to do with economics. And now that the black men are not at home, and when I hear these black women say, well, you know, we raise these children. With well, you need to get yourself a report card because you got an F. Well, you know, what and then it? and then we had... When we look at, we, I'm sorry. I'm not going to call any names that was preaching uh-huh. the gospel of, oh, you don't need a man. Exactly. Mm. You don't need a man, yeah, you know. Yes. Yeah. What do you mean you don't need a man? He started with a man. That is a type of unbiblical ideology and philosophy that is going forth in far too many homes. And let me say this so we can be very clear. You know who white women, when they started the women's movement back in the early 1900s, do you know who their enemy was? He is the same enemy that we have today. Yep. Who were they? Who were they protesting against? This, 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 this violent, oppressive men. Who was that man? That was not the black man. That was the white man. 
Now what they've done is they flipped the script, and now he's become the black man. It started all the way back with Mike Tyson and that situation in that hotel with that room. And they wanted to present Mike Tyson as this brutal brute, and he became the face of domestic violence. And who is the one who ambushed him? Oprah Winfrey on her show. She did an interview with him, with him and his wife at the time, Robin Gibbons. Robin Gibbons yep. made the claim that Mike Tyson beat her. Mike Tyson was knocking Negroes 260 pounds out in the ring with one punch. What would you think would happen if he hit Robin Gibbons? And Mike Tyson sitting up there like he was induced by some kind of drug or some kind of mind-altering cell uh, was sitting there while they were defaming him and demeaning him. And no, who was that show going that. out to? What was, who, was show, who, was show, who was Oprah's major audience? White female, white middle-class females, white working females, True. white homeowners, and black females. And that was the image. That's then right. she followed that up with a series of shows that she did on the down low, which projected the image that most black men were on the down low, that we were gay. Right. And exactly. then, that began to be, then that began to be promoted within the music industry and the entertainment within the rap music. Now you got all these little gay-looking guys, effeminate. Go, miss, uh-uh, stop, I don't stop. <laughs> Somebody, with that, with that, with that being, with that being <laughs> done, we do have a call. Um, yes, we do yeah, not have. Yeah, I mean, we yeah, do have a caller have a that call. we want to get to. Okay, let's go to the phone lines. I don't know if it's on been hold, and I don't think it's been hold that long. But air code eight one seven three five zero. Go ahead with your question or comment. We would love to know your name and city, please. And also, yes, I just saw another hand that went up, Erico 337-485. We just now saw your hand, so you'll be next. Go ahead, brother. Greetings. Uh, my name is Apostle Malachi Reynolds of the Lost Found Israelites of Wolf, Texas. Uh, I would like to Hello, uh, comment about I would like to comment about the uh the uh Gayla King and the Oprah Winfrey uh Situation, you know, Gayla King, you know, she she was saying that she felt like she was misrepresented. I think it's Gail King. I um, think it's Gail King. Okay, Gail King felt like she was misrepresented or mischaracterized by the clip that was released by the network she worked for. But uh, I beg to differ because she was persistent in asking questions about. Uh, and asking uh, Lisa Leslie about questions about the sexual assault uh, incident uh, with Kobe Bryant. And uh, uh, I think that right now she's finally being checked. She's she's finally being called up on it. And it's way overdue in the situation with Oprah, too. And let me say this. Oprah Winfrey and and Miss King, they do not represent how black women feel uh, in general, they do not. And Oprah Winfrey, uh, from the time when she uh, played the part of the color purple, uh, I remember as a child seeing that movie Color Purple in the 80s, as a child, and how disturbing it was uh, of a black man being portrayed as raping his own daughter and selling babies. Because that's that, that's wasn't what that that was not what I was reading in my history book 
when I saw that it was just it was the uh, the white slave masters doing those things. But uh, uh, so Oprah Winfrey and Miss King, you understand, they need to be uh, 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 muted, uh, censored, boycotted by the black community and the black press because they do not represent true journalism. True journalism. They they absolutely do not, and and and, and the thing that they are doing, they are just adding to what uh, Brother Elishua was saying early. I think that that part of the white supremacist ideology is to always demonize the black man as a rapist, as Elishua brought up Mike Tyson, uh, 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 and, and, and numerous other brothers uh, who who have been accused, and I'm not saying. That, that that we endorse in no way do we endorse any type of violent sexual behavior you understand by anybody of any color creed or nationality but the important component of white supremacy has always been to demonize the black man as a rapist and to make the white man look like a superman and let me just say this one more thing too as well the feminist groups have to understand and everybody else had to understand that the black man has never been a dominant figure in the history of the United States of America. We have never been – that's why white black women should never ally themselves with these white feminist groups. Because the black man has never, not even today, I don't care even with Obama being elected, that ain't nothing. The black man has never been a dominant male figure in America, even till this day. And Gayla King and Oprah, Gayla King and Oprah, they don't represent most black women, because I hear some sisters even speaking up saying, no, they don't represent my idea of a black man. I don't share that. They're disrespectful. They need to be called out for it. And they need to be muted. They need to be censored and boycotted by the black community. Thank you. Well said. Well said. And I, I hey, think Brother it's important John. that we make a distinction. Yes. I would like you to say something in response to what uh, Apostle Malachi said when you finished, if you don't mind, please. Speak on. Well, I would just say that. Hold on a second. Hold on a second, Alex. Brother Dan, you got to speak okay. up, brother. I know you had something to say. I just talked to you in the green room. So you may want to go to Brother Dan because he's been pretty quiet. I mean, Elisha, hold that thought, please. Sure, sure. Well, I've been, I've, I've been pretty quiet because this has been a very interesting conversation. But um, so anyway, I'd just like to say what I saw in the uh, interview with Galen King and uh, um, Lisa Sparks. Did I say that right? Lisa Sparks? Leslie Sparks. Leslie. Leslie Sparks. Lisa, 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 Lisa Leslie. Yeah. Lisa Leslie. Right. And uh, I, I, she, was, she started off the interview, you know, asking the right questions about Kobe. And, you know, I, and, you know they were friends and stuff, and they showed the picture on the wall, Kobe jersey, you know. She brought out an incident. Um, you know, the interview was going good, then it took a turn. And the turn took when she just decided to bring up something that wasn't even necessary, an allegation. But uh, uh, sad to say that when she was, it was like she was attacking, she bringing up something that was, need, was not needed to be said. People 
hearts are broken, people are hurting. And, you know, all of us have made mistakes. And to bring up something at this time, it was not the appropriate time. It's never appropriate time, something like that, because there's always injury, you know, um, to do that. I mean, if, if it was true or whatever, I, I, what I said was the timing was bad, very bad to bring up. I don't know, people sometimes in journalism, they kind of look for, you know, they they catch people at a height and they want to be controversial because it draws bigger conversations with people. But that time it backfired in the face, you know, because um, 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 Ms. Sparks, she defended Leslie. Kobe. Leslie Sparks, thank you for saying Leslie Sparks. She defended Kobe. Uh, actually, that's Lisa um, Leslie. That's Lisa Leslie, uh, Brother Dan. Lisa, Lisa what? Lisa Leslie. Say it again, brother. Lisa Leslie. Oh, Lisa Leslie. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I know she played with the Sparks. No I just, I just oh. want you to, and I watched her when she was in college too. But I just, right, I just right. want familiar with her name. But the, the interview was going fine, and then she brought that up, and then she, um. Um, she, Lisa, right? That Leslie, Lisa. Please uh-huh. say that again, Lisa for Leslie. please. Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie. She handled it professionally, while Gail was yeah. was like at, in an attack mode. You know, um, she called um, the person the victim didn't speak up. What I heard, I was listening to another one who made comment on that, on another. YouTube video, and they said that you have to be proven guilty, so it was, she was supposed to be an alleged. But instead of saying alleged, she said victim. So that means that he was guilty of what it, what, what he had done, and it wasn't proven that. Because said, oh, right. said well, at one point she said to her, uh, 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 you know, oh, Kobe's my friend, you know, but then she made some kind of point like, well, you didn't know that part about him. You know, I didn't know that part about him. It was constantly like she was um, just drilling in. So the res- the response she got back, she deserved because she wasn't being sensitive to the people. Um, she was being one of those um, journalism that like to um, like to throw the match on the oil and watch it burn and, and, and you know and. You know, it's a controversy, people. It backfired on her because uh, people was people was outraged at a time where she was trying to bring up somebody past after they made changes in their life. I saw Oprah Winfrey on another program. She's, she's, you know, Oprah Winfrey was crying, spoke and crying over her friend. She said that, oh, she's been in for days. She hasn't had no sleep. She got have security, you know. And, you know, the, the, the host said to her, you know, I know you're a friend of um, Gail. You know, but 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 when she but when Gail was talking to Le- Leslie, Leslie, man, I'm not getting that mm-hmm. name right. Just write it down, she so said, she, write it down, please. Write it down. Write a name down so we can keep moving. Okay, Lisa I should Leslie. say the Lisa one that played for the Sparks team. Just say Lisa Sparks team. One that played for the Sparks team. So uh, anyway. Uh, uh, anyway, uh, when 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 she said that was a friend, she said you don't know what you don't know you don't know like what he could be capable of. But yet, when they had Oprah Winfrey on another show, 
the host didn't say to her, you didn't know that, that Gail could be capable of doing that either. So it's kind of, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. It wasn't right. the no same doubt. thing, you know. Like, you're the friend of the person that did the show, and, and people are against it, and you didn't know she was going to do that. But when she said that to her, oh, you don't know what he might be capable of, something like that. You know, well, the same thing. It fell, fell on her when, when she said the same thing. So I think that the backlash is – now, I agree, with the, I agree with some of the people. There, there's no need for no death threats, but the backlash is people was, was, was angry about how she was insensitive at a time where uh, 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 they said they haven't even buried them yet. And for her to bring up something like that. So I, that's why people were so outraged because her insensitivity and timing, I don't think it was any time after something like that she could, she should have ever brought something that, like that up. I'm finished. Appreciate that, Brother Dan. I, I think it's um, important for us to take a moment and just um, recognize our sisters who are level-headed women. Um, it's not that they may have not have been uh, offended with what took place with Kobe back when he was 24 years old or however old he was at the time when he was a young when he was a younger man. Um, it's not that you, it's, we're not saying that you should not be offended or or anything like that. I think that there's just a more there's there's a, a wiser approach to certain situations, and Gail did not utilize wisdom. And nor did she have any intention on doing so. She was working on an agenda, and that agenda mm-hmm. is what keeps her paid. Yeah. That agenda is what keeps her uh, um, in the eye of the public, and that's what she wants. That's where she wants to be. And so I'm kind of curious to see how things pan out over the next several months to a year, to see if she will basically be marginalized, or if they're going to go ahead and double down and and uh, you know keep pushing in because at this point. It's really not just a couple of uh, African American quote unquote men who are stars, uh, as it were, who are saying that they're taken aback by what she stated. You literally have a cohesive people <laughs> who are basically um, standing behind Kobe Bryant, whether they liked him or not. I've never been a Kobe Bryant fan, never. Ever, ever, ever. I recognize him as an exceptional talent. I like watching him dunk on people or drop somebody off with a whole nine. But I've never been a fan of Kobe Bryant, nor have, I, nor have I been a fan of Michael Jordan. I liked Michael Jordan back in the day, but I recognize that Michael Jordan, he never really had much to say about the struggles that black people went through, aside from how much how much struggle they went through to get his shoes. <laughs> it's like, you know, uh, he never dropped that price down. It went up. John. I remember the first pair. Yeah. Can I, can I just say something, add something to it that I just thought about? I think it's important. You actually can do that, man. I'm, I'm actually impressed with your ability to just jump right in there. Keep keep it up, man. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. Well, um, um, the, 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 it was told that the network told her not to, not to touch that subject about about that, and she went ahead and do it anyway. So that confirmed what she said with the agenda she came with. Then the same network, check this out, the same network said, don't do that. Turn around and use what she said and use it against her. Yeah. I, they just played the piece of her. 
They they turned around. See, they said they told her, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. She went in anyway, anyway just like confirmed what John and um, um, Elshua said uh, with agenda, mm-hmm. and it backfired. Then they turned around and took that that certain part where she was um, driving in on uh, on um on the um say say her Lisa name Leslie. John so I won't mess it up. Lisa Leslie. Lisa Leslie. And then they turn around and say, don't do it. Then they turn around and stab her in the back. That's, see, that's the way it is. It's all about ratings. It's all about ratings. Yeah, sure. they, say, they say, don't do this. Then they turn around and stab her in the back. If I, may, if I may, we have a couple of callers. Let's go ahead and pull those callers on, uh, Brother Seth. Okay, going to the phone lines again that y'all been holding for a while. Thank you for your patience. Area code 327485. Go ahead with your question or comment. Let us know your name and city where you're calling from. Uh, this is Brother Lennon from Louisiana. Brother Lennon, yeah, what's good? Show, brother. Okay, yeah, I just want to make a couple of comments. Uh, one of them was that uh, uh, Brother Chris is talking about the, the uh, subliminal messages. Uh, if you go back, um, like you said, the seventies and the sixties, uh, seventies and eighties, uh, our women wouldn't wouldn't really go outside of the uh, race. But if you go back to the bodyguard, when Whitney Houston sung that song and the way they they portrayed it on the movie, that's when they came out of the box. And they, and if you if you go back, they kept playing that song over and over on the airways all over the place. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the song was about uh, her in love with Kevin Costner. White man, right? But but in the mo- but in the movie, if you go back and look at it, her and her sister was fighting over him. So yeah. So anyway, uh, and and the other one is that if you go, if you know anything about Albert Pike, uh, mm-hmm. he had he had an agenda. He got an agenda that what he set before he passed away, which he supposedly got from Satan, was that at the very end he was going to lift the woman up. And that's what this mm. feminist movement is all about, and and they and they were gonna pit her against the man, and the, and 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 the, and the, the uh, close all that out. When you understand from a uh, biblical perspective, it's about Esau and Jacob, all the rest of the nations. Okay. Uh, they, they they spectators. So Esau, Jacob grabbed hold of Esau heel, and and, and, the, and the apocrypha tells you Esau. Is the end of this world, and Jacob is the beginning of the next world. And so, when you understand that Esau has a problem with Jacob, and that's what the, that's what mm-hmm. his denigration, uh, they grouping all the males together, but it's Jacob. Esau has a problem with Jacob, and Esau is the the Illuminati one, which is we call him the Illuminati, and he's he's constantly on on uh, de, uh, denigrating Jacob. And and what what's happening is, is systematic. It's systematic, and and when what it is is he he's amassed all the weaponry and all this stuff in the world, and Jacob uh, is like going to a war, and 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 Jacob got BB guns, and he have all this right. state of art weapons. That's our predicament. It's interesting perspective, brother Leonard. Always welcome to kick that. Uh, we appreciate your insights. Uh, we have another caller on the line, brother Seth. Yes, going back to the phone lines, air code 864 Appreciate your patience. We would love to know your name and city where you're calling from along with your comment. Your line is now open. Hey, what's going on? This uh Equine from calling from Columbia. South Carolina. What was your name again? Say your name again. 
Equanee. Equanee, you calling from yes. Columbia? Guy Quill? Yes, sir. Well, welcome, sir? brother. Welcome. I think it's the first time we got oh, okay. a, a caller from Guy Quill. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, well, like I said, I am calling uh, from South Carolina, and I'm, I'm happy to be on the show. And uh, oh, wait, 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 I thought you said Columbia. Did I get that wrong? Yeah, Columbia, Columbia South, South Carolina. Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> My bad, I did get that wrong. <laughs> My bad, I, I, you, you let me go on and on and on because I'm used to, I sometimes get it on the call. Okay, Columbia, North Carolina. South Carolina. Carolina. I thought you said something else. Uh, my bad. I'm, I'm in the international mode. Go right ahead. All the way from North Carolina. Go right ahead. South Carolina, sir. <laughs> South Carolina. South Carolina. Got you, got you. Go right ahead. What's your comment? Sorry, sir. Well, well, I feel like what's going on now, and, and my opinion, and people can say this or that, but even in the whole overall uh, Kobe Bryant scenario, I really do feel like it was, um, you know, some type of foul play. I know it's not right. going to come to the surface. I, I know I know it's not going to be as fact, uh, and things probably won't probably won't ever come to the surface. But uh, a brother such as Kobe Bryant, you know, having and being attached to his, uh, you know, legendary status. You know, I just, I just, you know, I, it's unfathomable to me that he would just go down in some type of freak accident of of that magnitude. So, um, there. Well, is, well, let me say this. Is, let me say this. If I can interrupt you just for a second, because we are. Not, we're, I don't know if you. I don't want to make sure you, you didn't. You're not thinking you're calling the other show. We are talking about Gail King and Oprah Winfrey and and, and women. Uh, these women uh, right. who are saying things against the African American male. You're gonna tie right. it in, right? Okay, go yes, ahead. sir. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm I'm segueing into you know because what we're talking about is that you know what is ex- at, at stake here is a black man's legacy. You understand? Yes. So, yes. um, right, right. So even when we when we you know a lot of times they say entertainers are worth more dead than they are you know uh, alive. So, um, right. you know, I'm looking at that brother and definitely sympathize with his family, but looking at the black woman. Um, that is speaking uh, because I think uh, Oprah Winfrey had her comments to say about Michael Jackson, uh, right? Um, but Oprah Winfrey is also friends with Harvey Weinstein, who is also he's been associated with with rape charges, pedophilia, and all, all types of stuff. But he's white, right? And we're talking about how this good old boy system is made up. And the people that are in it, the people that are benefiting, even though they might have a face that looks similar to yours, skin similar to yours, but they're getting a check by somebody that doesn't look like you. And they have to basically shuck and jive and do all types of dances. And this is what we're seeing inside uh, Gail King, Oprah Winfrey. Like I said, Oprah Winfrey actually had to show, um, you know, something about, uh, coming out against Michael Jackson, but at the same time, when Ben Roethlisberger uh, from the Pittsburgh uh, Steelers, when he got accused for rape, and you know, I think uh, Kraft, Robert Kraft, which is the owner of the New, New England Patriots, he got tied up with uh, the, the the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, and what we see 
in 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 the good old boy white America is that the white folks their stuff just kind of goes away, right? They act out, right. they act as if nothing existed. Like I was telling somebody today, when Hugh Hefner died, you know, he actually you know had Brooke Shields in his magazine or as a part of his his you know Playgirls. Uh, and the play, the Playboy Bunnies, the 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 Playboy Bunnies at fourteen, fifteen years old, right? But when he mm-hmm. passed away, he was able to just go off and 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 pass away in in style, right? But he was celebrated. Right. And, and 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 what we see now, I even saw brothers that were saying, you know, uh, rest in peace, a pimp or player. And what we see now is that I'm dead set on a lot of white people are the ones that are assisting and feeding into this this idea. So when Gail King is saying this, when Gail King is mm-hmm. saying this, it's something that they might have said, oops, uh, but they know it's going to get ratings, right? This thing right now is probably grown to so much popularity rather than her just saying, well, hey, I feel sorry for Kobe Bryant. She would have just been just another person. But by her saying this, now they're going to be looking at ratings, and a lot of times they don't give a darn how they do it. So this is the reality. You know, you got people that will stab you in your back for, you know, a $1,000 check. So this is what, you know, this is that same scenario. And and I do feel like that, you know, it, it was innocent as well on Gail King's part. Uh, because Gail King, I don't feel like she would come out and, and, and point the finger at CBS and it wasn't actually CBS. I really do feel like they had something to, you know, and I feel like sometimes they, you know, a lot of these things are scripted. So they probably did put her up to asking that question because they knew that was going to sell. They knew that that was going to cause more media attention. And and which it did, you understand? I bet their ratings are going off the the the, the roof right now. So it doesn't make a difference no how it is that they're getting there, whether it be they are respectful or being disrespectful. They don't care as long as the ratings go up. That means cha-ching. That means dollars. And right now, the story is being able to be uh, marketed, and people are, are you know going away with it. So I just encourage anybody that is in media, you know, to to definitely handle the business the right way. And um, if you can't represent the voice of us as black people, then you may need to, you know, get a move on to the back. But a lot of times that's why these white stations are going to employ the people that they know doggone well are going to do and say what they want them to say. That's just the reality. Right. That's why we have them on our TV screen. So, you know, it's a bigger picture that I think we're seeing um, to, to, to all of this. But, you know, definitely rest in peace to Kobe, Kobe Bryant. No and doubt. I wasn't a fan. No doubt. But he was, a, you know, a great black man and being able to show no the doubt. world our greatness. That's what's up. Hey, good up, man. I appreciate your input. Um, and we thank you for coming in to chime in, give us your perspective on the five smooth stones network. I would like to spin off on something that you were talking about when you were referring to some of these, uh, white persons who find themselves in, um, similar situations, but it kind of runs off of them like water. Uh, let's talk about Woody Allen folks, (laughs) Woody Allen. 
marries his adopted daughter, 62 years old. She's 27. Soon Yi, Soon Yi, present. But we don't hear anything about Woody Allen. Why is that, folks? Because he's an Academy, uh, Academy Award winning writer and director. Folks, you remember two weeks ago I was telling you all about Salt and Pepper. Out of all the music that they made, they get uh, a Grammy for um, It's None of Your Business. <laughs> it was the worst song they ever made to me. It, it was nothing you could dance to. It was nothing that you would bump through the, you know, you rolling around. It, it was horrible. But the point was, the point was, do what thou wilt. It's none of your business what I'm doing. You do you. I'm doing me. Salt and Pepper, they won a Grammy for that stupid song. <laughs> and nothing against them girls, because I love Salt and Pepper from back in the day. They were, they were on the landscape of hip-hop. But that song was horrific. So then you come forward 30 years later. I shouldn't say 30 years, but Woody Allen marries his own daughter. Now, adopted, no less, but still, it's the principle. It's the principle. Why are you not up in arms with him, Gail? Why are you not up in, ar- up in arms with him, Oprah? Because you have an agenda. If what you're doing right. is looking to uncover the works of darkness, then you have plenty of darkness. You're sitting here in the, you're in the shadow of their darkness. You know, you rub shoulders with these guys, but you all, you, you're all quiet with them. <laughs> So, yeah, I think that is readily apparent what we're dealing with, folks. Um, I think that and John, uh, what I would like to do, yes, Pastor Chris, please. Is that, because we got to back. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, oh, he, he uh, but about, I'm sorry. No, no, wait, Pastor Chris, one second. I, I thought that was it. Okay, go ahead, Pastor Chris. Well, you, you know, you know, I'm going to just be brief. He brought up about Rocklisberger, which is a good example because, you know, even to this day, if they say Michael Vick, what do they say? He got it. He went to jail for this dog fighting and all that. But Roethlisberger yeah. was convicted of raping a little, I don't know, but he was some kind of pedophilia or something. But you don't even hear that anymore. And and and, and Michael Vick doesn't even play football anymore. But whenever his name comes up, they always drag out, oh, yeah. And what's the difference? What's the difference? Somebody fighting dogs, which he wasn't doing, or somebody raping little kids? That's crazy. And, and what? Yeah. And, and it know, seems like, uh, brothers, it seems like what we're seeing is is the is the same thing that we saw back in the day when they accused the black man of whistling at the white woman, and even though the white man was doing all kind of crazy stuff, you know. Even if he did whistle at the white girl or, you know, wink his eye, I don't think that deserved, you know, that that man to be hung. But that's what, that's you know, that's what they're doing. They're going to do all that dirt, but then they're going to, you know, shoot you in the head for not tying your shoe right. Or they're going to give you, you know, it's, 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 it's the same thing that we see in 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 our, our common life where the brother, there's, you know, Trayvon Martin, he got shot and killed for having, what, Skittles and uh, iced tea? But how many of these domestic terrorists dealing roof and uh, Confederate flag-toting folks go in to kill up 18, 20 folks, but then they make it out alive, right? It's the same dynamic. They're, they're working to, to protect someone. And, you know, I've had to argue with some people saying that, hey, white supremacy doesn't exist. It, it exists so much. Where they have white folk, I mean black folk that are in 
you know, that'll put on Ku Klux Klan and uh, outfits and fight fight for fight for their sisters. All right, all right, all right. Uh, Brother L, you, you were about to give some insight. Yes. Yeah. And I want to say, even what he was saying is that this, at this point, and I jumped to in American history, African-American history, within the context of our sojourn or our captivity in America, there should be certain assumptions that we have, or certain conclusions, not assumptions, no, certain conclusions based upon evidence that we should have arrived at. And we should actually be acting based upon that reality. One reality is that America is a nation that was designed and orchestrated to be a home of a basin of white supremacy. Number two, we were brought here as slaves. And slaves would never, ever enjoy a position of equality within the nation in which they were brought to be captives and to be slaves and to be workers. That's number two. Number three, our oppressors are our enemies. And that is the problem that we're having right now because we have failed or we refuse to see that we're in enemy territory and we have 400 years of oppression that is evidence that the fact that we are in enemy territory and we continue to trust and put some kind of blind faith in our enemies. And then we even have to the point to where we even get offended that we call them enemies. So therefore, we treat them as friends. And no man can betray you like a friend. No woman is deeper than a friend. And we continue to pound down that same pathway. But my concern is before we end this show and we have eight minutes left, is that we have really, in a sense, we have talked about stage around it, but we haven't addressed the issue, and that is this. The enemies that are in our camp that make us willing participants in our own destruction. It is high time that we continue and we, that we stop this loneliness pathway of being politically correct because we are reluctant to offend people and we begin to call enemies out as they are. Because they wish upon us our death and our destruction. Oprah and Dale Winfrey, Dale intended to do exactly what she intended to do. Because Dale wants to be the next Barbara Walters. Barbara Walters was notorious for handling interviews the way that Dale tried to handle Lisa Leslie, which she had already proved successful in handling R. Kelly. These people are wicked. They have satanic motivations. They have conscious satanic intentions. And I'm speaking to the church that it is time now that we take the scales off of our eyes. For the day is short, the time what we need to walk circumspectly because the day and the time where we have to work is coming short. Because as you can tell, it's getting dark. And night comes when no man can work. So let's not sit up and spend our time and our energies trying to analyze these people who are our enemies and try to determine whether they're our friend or our foe. They have proven over 400 years, evidently, if they were in a court of law, they would be guilty as charged. Without the right, of, without any possibility of appeal, because the conviction would be that definitive. So what am I saying, people? Michael Jordan, he's Illuminati. I'm going to say some things, and we can pick it back on the next episode. So I'm going to just get as outlandish as you probably think. Possibility sacrificed his father for his position in the NBA. Let's be the reality. I am not a fan of, of Kobe Bryant for the same reason that John Clark is not a fan of Kobe Bryant, but I am in awe of his athletic skills and what he did on the, top, on the court. But the man said out of his own eyes he wanted to die early. He wanted to be immortalized because he wanted to be perceived as the greatest in the NBA. Well, it's difficult for you to do that if there's two men that are still living, Michael Jordan and LeBron James. So what do you do? You enter into an agreement. The man died the very way he himself prophesied that he would die. So all I'm saying is that people, 
I speak to you prophetically. It is time out to stop playing games because our future generation is at stake. And while we're, you look at the television shows, you don't no longer see a television show where you see a strong black man, a black woman, and a black family. Now you've got things like Mixes, which is a step-off of this show called Blackish. Blackish is nothing more than a dramatic portrayal of black assimilation into white culture. Wake up. We in enemy territory. All right. All right. I, I, I like to add to what Gary, I, I like to add what was Gary almost just said at the end about that. If I may, Brother Dan. Yes, you can. Uh, before you, before you ask, I just want to make you aware that we have roughly five minutes left. So if you could keep your comment down to about maybe two minutes so that Brother Seth can jump on and finish, uh, close out the show. I'd be glad to do that. Um, I, I, I looked at, I looked at, Several different interviews, uh, and it's gonna okay. I'm looking at the clock too, but anyway, um, that was brought up during the uh, Gail interviewing the other lady, and she said all those years Kobe was alive, you had plenty of time to interview him, and nobody. So why, you know, basically she said why you wait till he's dead to do something like that? You had all those years if you wanted to uh, interview him and ask those questions. He's not around no more. Now, I saw another interview reflecting what Gary said, but here's what was added to it. Um, he did want to die when he was um, died young because he wanted to be a legend, but he was younger then. Uh, according to another interview with Derek um, Fisher, who used to play with um, Kobe, they said after he started having children, he probably wanted to live longer. When he made that comment, he was younger because um, um, James Dean and stars like that, died, Mary Malone, they died young and they remember forever. So he did say that when he was younger, but after he had his children, I think he changed his mind because he wanted to see his dreams and his children grow up. I'm finished. Very well, hey John, very can well. I, can I get in? Absolutely. That that was a pretty quick comment. Pastor Chris, go ahead and jump in. We got a three Real minutes before comment. the hour. I just wanted to, to key in on what Brother El Yeshua said. You know, when you mm-hmm. look at the Bible, when the Hebrew Israelites were in slavery to Egypt and the Pharaoh said, kill the male boys, if they mm-hmm. if, 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 told the midwives, if it's a boy, you kill him. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and but, but I'm just saying the Hebrew Israelites realized that the Egyptians were their enemies. That's right. And what what was the divine solution to that? But in other words, they were made they were aware of their enemy. And I think what El Yeshua was saying is that we want to coddle up with our enemy, even though he's trying to destroy us. But what was what right. was the divine solution? The divine solution, according to the Most High, was that okay, I'm gonna remove you from your oppressor. And, That's and right. We, we have to start. We have to start thinking along those lines. You know. Because the divine solution no of their slavery was not to be stay in Egypt and integrate with people who were planning their destruction. It was like God said, right. I'm gonna raise up a man and get you out of here. You go over here and establish well yourself. Yeah, okay, and I'm well finished, stated. you know, because I know we are, we up against we up against the clock. Well, I appreciate that. That was a very concise statement. Again, the oppressors uh working wildly against the Hebrews. Again, King Herod working trying to kill the Messiah and killed every child that was two years and under. Brother Seth, 
I'll put the ball back into your court. We have roughly one minute remaining. Okay, folks. Uh, again, you've been tuning to the Fossil Stone Network. Uh, um, uh, we got on the. We, you've heard from Brother Alfie Chris of Alapia Temple, Brother Dan Wallace, uh, who is the owner of Gospel Tracks Wild. Just different things these brothers do in their pastime. Uh, you heard of, of Israel Downs, uh, LSU Ellison, and John Clark moderator. Various things and finances and so forth. Um, just want to th- just wa- just want to remind everybody that. Uh, we may do a part two, don't know yet what's happening next week. But I hope everybody heard very well the things you heard. Go and pray about it and let the Father reveal to you what, which angle you ought to take. It's just that simple. Uh, let's get final words from Brother Ella Shure. Yeah, There's no time for it, Ella. <laughs> it's going to click off in, in roughly 15 seconds. No, it's not going to click off. It's going to roll over. But I'm just saying final words, just in a little no the, more than a minute, because we're about to lock it up in like two minutes. Well, uh, I mean, okay, I mean, three so minutes. For those people that clicked in, okay. for those people who clicked, they're, they're gone. So just so that you know. Okay. Okay. Well, yes. Yes. Yeah, I think you're saying you talking people. people a little bit, but I got you. I got you. This, yeah, you are. Yeah, he's right. Uh, John is right. Talking about the uh, the warning. But go ahead, brother. Sure. Uh, we don't get normally that many callers that call right then at that point anyway. But sometimes people do do that. Brother Ellis, sure. Go ahead. Find with please. Well, I would just say to everyone is that please, let's uh, be alert. You know, walk, walk sober. And at the day and time that we're living in is that you have to look behind the surface because deception is at an all-time high. And the reason why come the black man is the number one target of white supremacy because he is the number one threat to white supremacy. And that is the subject that we will have to go into a later date and that Seth could go into great detail as to why come the black man is the number one target of white supremacy because he poses the greatest threat to white supremacy. And that's why come when he is at his most frustrated point, his most broken and beaten point, just as it displays in the book of Isaiah, he walks around holding his groin because he knows from that comes the life of the chosen. And that's why we are the target and the boogeyman for every evil wrongdoing to take the, to take the, the, the attention off of the true oppressor, which is the white male. I'm sorry, it is what it is. Good night. I love you all. All right. All right Great point. Great point. Okay, and uh, brother, but Pastor Chris, you want to give final words? We'll let Brother Dan go last. Yes, yes. Yes, I want to give some final words. Uh, well, first of all, I think we need to, you know, we mentioned it, but I just wanted to make sure that we give Lisa Leslie her accolades for, for being a strong Props. black woman Props. and not falling into the trap because she could have easily fallen into the trap. And, and then Good the point. other thing I wanted to the other thing I wanted to say was um, – we we started out talking about feminism, but I think as a people we need to pray and ask the Most High to give us spiritual per, uh, perception, so we can see. In other words, we get caught up a lot of times in other people's agenda and not our own. You know, and and that's what I you know I just ask God for our people to get wisdom and a perceptive spirit, so we will not be jumping on the bandwagons of things that are not pertinent to us as a people or is detrimental to us. You know, it's just like, you know, abortion, you know, like, you know, we all know about Planned Parenthood. Where are all their offices? Right. They're in minority neighborhoods. And what's the history of it? Well, they will come from the American Eugenic Society, which was to remove undesirable, so-called undesirables from society. And so 
we need to be we need to investigate more. We need to ask God for spiritual perception because we get caught up behind and following stuff that really is not to our betterment. And I'm finished. Thank you, sir. Good looking good out, Pastor point. Chris. Thank you. All right, uh, brother Danny, did moderate, and then we'll wrap up the show quickly. Um, I just like to say that um, we we have to keep walking after God. Um, I've I've listened to the different issues. I listened to the history. There's nothing new under the sun when it comes to the devil. But uh, I think that we need to. We need to focus out on God. And I'm not saying we don't need to fight these issues. We need to fight these issues. But we need to keep our keep God first in our life. Because if you fight all these issues and then you die without God, you know, what's the what, what profit of man if he gained the whole world and loses his soul? What's the profit if, if he solves all the problems in the world and die without Christ? You know. Amen. So, That's I, right. That's I, so let's. Right. Keep our eyes on God and follow after him. We fight these issues, that, that the social issues that come up. But let us, let us fight the good fight of faith and win people to God. If we win people to, the, to God, we can change lives. We cannot change the world, but we can change some lives in the world. I'm finished. And, and I'm finished, too, because I'm simply going to do nothing more. I'm sorry. What were you saying, Brother Seth? No, just go go with final words. You, you, you're fine. You're fine. I, I would just like everyone to take a look at the consistency of Brother Dan over the shows. No matter what it is that we've discussed, the answer's always been the same for Brother Dan. And I uh, I have to agree with that. And it, it, the thing is that once you have accepted Messiah into your heart and now you have a relationship with the Father, uh, you are better prepared to deal with the issues at hand. But <laughs> no reason for you to deal with any issue if you not ha- have not dealt with the issue of your own life after your death. And if you do not have it set up where you can live eternally in immortality, so to speak, by way of the Messiah, Yahawashah, the Messiah, the Messiah, and have that relationship with the Father, all of this is really just water under the bridge. Um Entertainment purposes only, for really. Uh, so, folks, take the time in your quiet time to nurture that relationship. It is of utmost importance, more so important than any other topic that Seth has done on these shows for these last pressing eight, nine years. Handle that. Brother Seth. All right, and that was Brother John, moderator all the way in forward. Takes a very good show. Hopefully, everybody listened, paid attention took notes and so forth, a lot of different angles. The uh, thing I would just say is uh, I remember things have changed for Oprah and uh, um, Gail. I remember a long time ago before they got this big and we would actually visit the Oprah Winfrey show, uh, my wife and I and my brother. And uh, I remember Gail and, um, opening up for Oprah and and, uh, and she actually had a soul train line and, of course, she, she went, I remember going to the audience and said, she picked this one lady, um, and uh, this lady, and she asked this lady to pick someone to dance with. And I guess this lady's looking around, seeing that many, that wasn't that many black men. She picked me, and her I remember, with my wife. But she picked me nevertheless, and my brother, being very wise, just happened to think of this, listen to them talk, kind of funny thing happened with Oprah and Gail. But anyway, this lady picked me to come all the way down and dance on the very stage, the very 
So, Gail, I know they did this every show, but they did this every show where they kind of loosen up the people and they can kind of watch and see who's lying and who's not. Then they, then they rearrange us based upon what they just saw to get all the loud people up front. I didn't know they do that. But anyway, my brother, being very quick, uh, who's passed, uh, saw the, uh, the fact this woman took me from my wife. And so he, of course, when they started the Soul Train line, he brought he rings down my wife to kind of balance it out, which was small on his part. But it was all fun. But I do remember when Oprah came out, there was this one gentleman that was controlling everything, and I was very disappointed. While I was impressed by all the blacks Oprah hired, Oprah did hire a lot of blacks at her studio. I was shocked by that. Didn't know that her studio had that many uh, African-Americans. I mean, she really hired a lot of them. But the guy that called the main shot, just listening to everybody talking about the guy that called the main shot for the Oprah Winfrey show was very disappointing. And it wasn't because he was white. Let me get to that other way. But it was just how everything hinged on what he did. Oprah was like a puppet. It was the weirdest thing, and I just like, wow, you know, she did do the hiring for the show, but in terms of what she was saying, it was amazing. I mean, not every little word, but he was controlled. Maybe that's the way they do. I don't know. You know, I'm not a producer or anything. But anyway, very disappointed. I remember that. I remember feeling that. I just listened to them talk tonight. You know, it sounds like that's what's been going on. Somebody else is pulling these strings, but I do think. At some point, um, like I said, we don't know what we're dealing with, folks. We don't know if it's just a demonic. Could be very well. Oprah's a part in the in crowd and just bought into it, soul to soul, uh, and that's all there is to it. She just think, uh, you know, out of fear or maybe um, just deceive herself. Or it could be really bitterness, just having to pay back the black man for what pain she's experienced with her father, et cetera, et cetera. We don't know, but I think tonight we've put a lot of things on your mind to go think about and pray about. Again, we're not dogging our black women. That's not what this show is about. It's just about to expose a higher hand, as everybody else said tonight. I need to be going behind them. Listen, I love every single one of y'all. Yes, I do, and there is nothing you can do about it. This song, World Overcome, I played about two shows ago. Listen to the words. It's very powerful. And be blessed, every single one of you. Uh, again, our plight, our problems, our challenges is no match for God or, more appropriate, Yah or Yahweh of Israel and his Messiah, Yeshua. Our problems and our challenges and what they're trying to do with our women and our men and our children is no match for the Most High. We just got to align with his purpose, his spirit, and we can defeat all foes. In Yeshua's name. Powerful song here. Tell my world overcome, and that's what we are. Good night.
Yeah. 